Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to talk about gun dynamics and crowdfunding. What's all that about? You know, I don't, I don't know what gun dynamics is. So we're going to kind of educate myself, you know, on that today. And then also we're going to discuss Texas. Should Texas leave the United States? And if we do, what are the consequences? We need to break all that stuff down. What do you think? Should we well, leave? Yeah, we got consequences for Texas if we leave, and then what about the rest of the U.S. Mm. that remains? So we're going to ask him those hard questions. I wonder if he covers all that stuff in his book. What do you think? Should we leave? Should Texas just, you know, should we just separate ourselves from the United States? Just take our toys and go home? California's going to do it. Ah, well, California's I mean, not going to. California can make a decision to do anything. Too. Three different states is their plan. What do you mean? They're going to split into three different states. So it's Northern California, which is just like, you know, the kind of hippie northern areas. Like ah. San Francisco down to Los Angeles. And ah. I think there's going to be like the southern area that might be the part that votes red oh. in California. But then our flag would have 52 stars. That kind of sucks. What do you think, Max? Should we leave? What do you think? Well, as you know, Michael, seeing as I just let you great crash my yeah, show, yeah, yeah. I've decided yeah. to stick around and gate crash yours. Yeah, since you know about Brexit, I did. tell I, us a little bit something about Texas. I voted for Brexit. Um, but Texas, I was asking you. About to look up the amount of receipts that the <laughs> the amount of because I'm a smart person, Michael. This I see. Uh, um, uh, the, I don't wear a red. Sorry, I don't wear a red T-shirt every That's day. Okay. But I but I am a smart guy. All right. Um, fact is that uh, I want to know how much money. Someone's got computers here. You look exactly like a smart guy. Yeah. How much money does Texas receive from the U.S. government versus how much money does it pay the U.S. government? <laughs> and I've got a sneaking <laughs> suspicion. You conservatives will be shocked that we actually give, receive more than we give. All right, we're gonna... Which means if that's true, uh -huh. then the only way to maintain everything that we've got would be to actually increase our taxes. Ooh. And I know you wouldn't like that, Michael. Maybe so put, in order for this to put work. Put a surcharge on guns. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe increase the tax. Increase sales tax. Increase sales tax. Property yeah. tax. Just on guns. To maybe like 50%. <laughs> you would love that. Oh, no, no. Listen, I live you in Texas. love that. I live in, Michael, I love you. I live yeah. in Texas for a reason. I want to see your business taken care of. We're, we're doing on expensive cars. Hey, with uh, Texas, we wouldn't have to pay federal income tax. That's right. You'd have to pay some kind of tax, though. 
Not hey, federal hey, income By the tax, way, let me make it very clear. Texas is not a cheap tax state. Yeah. That is a misnomer. It yeah. is not a cheap tax state. It's not state. as bad as California. No, it's not as bad as New York or California, but Texas is not cheap because of property tax. People forget how much you pay in property tax in Texas. Yeah, we pay a lot. Depends a lot. where you live. You pay, no, you do. Even and if, franchise no, tax. No, no. Even, franchise? If you live, even if you live in Williamson County, you know, some of those counties outside, you pay a lot if you own a place. And it's reflected, of course, in the cost of your rent. So what you're so saying you're is it. if we separate, we're going to pay even more of course. in taxes. Of course. Oh, come on. Man. Unless you're Brexit. See, there's a difference. Brexit has its own currency. Oh, do you have your own currency? Would you want a, like a Texas dollar? Texas dollar. Yeah. Yeah, there I'm, you go. Now, by the way, <laughs> that would be cool. The now I'm starting, on it. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to like that. A Texas dollar, <laughs> yeah. maybe with your face on one on the $1 bill. <laughs> hey, woo, now um, you're talking. Or maybe on the $100 bill for Man, you, Michael. I'm, I'm feeling something. There you go. I'm, I'm feeling the groove, too. So, Zach, if, if you tell us, is there, is there, how much money do we get from the United States government versus what we give? Uh, I guarantee you it's more. All right. Well, obviously. All right. So, uh, well, let's go to our guest. We have uh, Larry Lapata. He's on with uh, GunDynamics.com. And Larry's going to tell us about what is Gun Dynamics. Larry, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Ah, it's great to be here. Outstanding. So, tell, Larry, what is Gun Dynamics? Gun Dynamics is the first gun focused crowdfunding platform in the world to where gun technologies can be promoted just like anything else on like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. Okay, well then now tell me what is crowdfunding? Crowdfunding has been this revolution in pursuing the American dream where if you have an idea, you can shoot a video telling the story about what the idea is, put it on a crowdfunding platform asking for how much money you need to make either to make a prototype or take something that exists as a prototype and make it a product and you could raise 20, 30, 40, a hundred thousand dollars in pre-orders on that product. So instead of having to find one rich person who's willing to invest, you just get all the little people to invest. Mm. Exactly. So all of a sudden anyone who's pursuing the American dream can just side skirt all the, you know, the big companies and walking around with their hat in their hands and just, Put it out there to the masses, and if the masses like it, they get to uh, supply them with the product. All right, so now tell me about the gun dynamics. What is that? Because that's a particular firearm, right, or is it a technology? It is actually the crowdfunding platform itself. Okay. It's called Gun Dynamics at GunDynamics.com, and what happened is, is we made this innovative, adjustable trigger for a 1911 handgun. Mm. And we got very excited. We put you know, almost $200,000 into developing it. And we said, we're going to do a Kickstarter campaign and you know, we're going to sell 5,000 of these things. And that, that'll afford us that ability to make the 5,000. Well, Kickstarter doesn't take any gun-related product. So we went to Indiegogo. Indiegogo doesn't take any gun-related product. So before we knew it, we're like, you know, if someone doesn't offer gun inventors a place to go in the crowdfunding space. It's just another way that they could choke to hold this industry and compromise it. So I looked at my partners and I kind of had that Second Amendment American dream moment said, let's build it. Let's make a crowdfunding platform just for gun tech. So GunDynamics.com was born. Okay, man, that's okay. Okay, I think I think I think I'm getting this now. Okay, so. Now, tell me a little bit about, more about this 1911, because I was actually feeling that. I'm, I'm feeling something down below. Oh, yes, an adjustable trigger, isn't it? Yeah, usually when you get your 1911, it comes with a, what, what's called a long trigger, 
Mm. And if you have a smaller hand, you have to go to a gunsmith and put a small trigger or a medium trigger in. What the ST1911 trigger allows you to do is you put the trigger in once and you can go from small to extra large by just turning a little hex key that mm. you can actually in the trigger guard. So I can put, so my wife's got a smaller hand than I do. And whenever I buy a new uh, 1911, she goes ballistic on how could you do it? I can't shoot it, blah, blah, blah. And it almost makes it like not worth even buying the damn thing. Pardon me. And now I can go to the range and I can shoot it at an extra long length and I can adjust it down to short and my wife can enjoy the 45 too. So it's actually brought us closer together, guys. Wow. It's amazing. It's like a miracle. What, 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 Max, you don't like that idea? What's that? Gun bringing people, husband and wife, closer yeah. together. No, no, I'm, hey, listen. His and hers. Whatever floats your boat. His right? and hers. Whatever floats your boat. Pink gun for her and, or maybe for him. Whatever happens. I don't care. Got to make it happen. Hey, you know yeah. what? I've told you, though. I'm a good shot, Michael. Hey, I'm, I'm, a family that shoots together stays, stays together. together. I, I, I totally agree with you on that one. All right, so we're talking with Larry Lapata. He's talking about gundynamics.com. We're talking about crowdfunding for firearms. We're also going to talk to Daniel Miller. He's going to tell us about... Texas. Should Texas leave the United States? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Blaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right. And we're going to talk with... We're talking with Larry Lapata. He's talking gun dynamics. Gundynamics.com. We're also going to talk about crowdfunding uh, for firearms. And he's, you know, once again, Larry, tell us what is crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is a way to where you can take your product make a campaign around it, and have people actually fund you to develop the technology. Now, is there a certain website for this? It's gundynamics.com. So on your site, we can actually set up an account to raise money to do whatever I want with guns. Well, you'd have to go through a vetting process. Right now, we're working with the people. We've only been up a little over two months now, okay. and it's amazing. We have over 40 campaigns that we're going to be putting up okay. on the site in the next probably month and a half. And so you have to forgive me. Been, you have to say things like two or three times to me, then I start getting it. So now, no worries, now I'm like understanding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Cool. So now let's get back into this uh, gun dynamics and let's talk about this 1911, the, the particular product here. So what does this 1911 do again? Because I'm, I'm kind of liking this. Uh, and I think it does yeah. something where the, the, the trigger goes one direction or the, the, the bottom portion of the gun goes one direction and the slide goes a Oh, that's a, another gun. That that's a different one? On no, that's, a, that's, a, that's another. That's a, a company called Circuitech has oh, this wow. new split slide yeah. semi-automatic handgun technology yeah. that's insane. I got to actually test fire it. Yeah, this is Sunday and Dirty Talk here. We're talking guns. Okay. Yeah, no, there's real guns. And wait, wait till you see what's coming. I mean, we got all sorts of AR technologies and Anything uh, you can tell me about? Uh, you'll on, see. Little, There's a little teaser, but, but, give, but give, give me a pretty much something. on par with what the circuit came up with, with the split slide. As opposed to having a mono slide, it has a split slide, which actually describes the kinetic what, energy. So what exactly does it do? 
the split slide. When 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 you uh, fire that circa, mm-hmm. uh, the the rear slide starts moving forward, and there's a locking mechanism that actually then transfers the energy to push the front slide forward. So when that front slide moves forward, it takes a lot of the kinetic energy that you feel in recoil and muzzle climb. But so instead really of cool instead of like it, every other firearm where the slide, the top portion goes back, you're talking the portion that your hand is on goes forward. Half goes back and half goes forward. So usually the travel on a semi-automatic weapon is a little over an inch. This, okay, the, okay the so hold on. Actually... So, the, so describe this to our listeners who are listening on the radio. So are we talking about... Are we talking about the the slide, the top portion of the handgun? It the actually top splits. Of your, yeah, it, okay, it gotcha. splits open and gotcha. creates the ejection port. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. So, so instead of being one slide it, that just goes back, the front half goes forward and the back half goes backward, and then that creates that opening to eject the spent round. Man, a, a, precisely. You, you know, a man designed precisely. that because that you know that's just awesome. And what's cool about it is when that front slide hits the front of the frame. Hold on, Larry. Hold on. We 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 got to sell an, we got to sell an argument here real quick. Yeah, that's right. I, I think a man definitely. See, designed I don't have that. headphones, so I don't know what we're talking about right, right now. But that com- that comment about right. a, it, it's awesome. So a man had to design oh, it. Oh yeah, it had to be, because the way he does. He's talking about the the slide of the, of the firearm. The back portion goes back, and the. The, the front portion goes forward. It just opens up an eject port. Oh, man, the bullet just ejects out of it. Oh. I have a lot of comments right now, but I don't think any of them are appropriate for the air. <laughs> okay, Larry, go ahead. Well, what's wild about it is that when the front slide hits the front of the frame, it actually brings the barrel right back down on target automatically. Nice. Now, have you, have you so- tested this out already? I've tested it. I've I've test fired it. It's like shooting an air gun. It's amazing. It's wow. just it's lightweight. Uh, the the slides are made out of aluminum, so you have your first firearm where the slides are aluminum, not steel, mm. and that takes a lot of the weight off. It's a it's a uh, it weighs a little over a pound. It's okay. a nine it's millimeter. Nine millimeter. Nine millimeter. Yeah. Okay. Full frame. Nice. Full frame too. And this is is this a 1911 or it's a smaller frame? Uh, it's, it's comparable in, in, in proportions to a 1911. Yes, actually, the inventor was inspired by the 1911. It's okay. field strippable. It's very easy to use and maintain. Okay. All right. And, and so what are some of the other products you guys have in Gun Dynamics? We have uh, a variety of products that are coming down the pipeline, including a new AR upper mm. that uh, has new... Uh, Thermal control technology. Okay, hold on, hold on. Explain that to me now. Thermal control technology. uh, A lot of the issues with uh, ARs, especially military apps, is the barrel gets very hot. Yes. And the 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 the, uh, metal starts to fatigue, which which actually uh, compromises accuracy. A gentleman has invented and patented a technology which actually moves the gases in such a way to control the thermal you know, the heat signature of the barrel to where... This is a military have, product here because a lot of your, your, you know, when it comes to your military, they have to change out the barrels, like if they're firing an M60 or something like that. And uh, so this is this you're, this is a breakthrough here. I, I, well, I it's like also this. happening with the M4A1 as well. I mean, part of, I don't know if you know this, but they swapped out uh, about 100,000 M1A4s because of a variety of issues. And one was the, the thermal characteristics of the barrel in heavy combat. Hmm. 
And and because when you're, I don't know if a lot of people know this, when you're you're firing an AR or a rifle or something like that, the barrel gets really hot, and so that's why a lot of people just switch to a different gun, or you know change the barrel out, and then continue correct, shooting. and that and that affects accuracy because that barrel starts getting wobbly. Yes, <laughs> and there there are some YouTube it, clips that you can look at where you can actually see. Uh, the the portions of the firearm that actually gets really hot and turns red. Yes, oh, ton of them. There are actually videos where they show it go into complete, you know, catastrophic failure. How many rounds will it take to melt the barrel? Right. Well, <laughs> it's a fun video. I bring popcorn. Good right. to watch. All right. And then what else you got? We have a we have a new uh, another thing coming down the pipeline is a new grip, a front grip for the AR-15 that has been ergonomically designed to optimize your accuracy with your firearm. Uh, they did all sorts of science behind it to where, uh, you know, they found the optimum hand position for you to operate an AR-15 platform. Okay. Really cool. Uh, they have an advanced version, which also has all sorts of controls for your targeting system and your lights if you're doing tactical, military tactical. And I believe... One of the top American Army snipers has been using and testing the product with over a thousand rounds and loves it. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So that's going more for military SWAT. Both of those applications are going, you know, in that direction. But we have uh, uh, just a, a vast variety of stuff coming down the pipeline. A, a gentleman who's got a multi-caliber handgun for testing to where you can do nine and ten millimeter. In the same handgun, oh, uh, we've got all sorts of uh, uh, recoil uh, reduction springs, uh, a night a night vision thing on your iPhone. Oh, where you can <laughs> okay. Now tell me about that. Um, you could literally hook your iPhone up into your into your onto any kind of uh, firing platform and be able to uh, do night shots. Oh wow, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a, you know, so it's it's a it's basically a, an app, and uh, it goes into your phone and uses your phone's like infrared. It's it's pretty crazy. Nice, yeah, because there yeah there are a whole bunch. There's a little uh, little device that we use to to teach our beginners where we can look at our this little app on the phone, and it will tell you what that person is actually doing wrong. And so I kind of like that. It's a good training tool. Yeah, that is. And, and, and the breadth of stuff, there's, you know, there's a gentleman who wants to raise money to, to build the ultimate range in Manhattan. I mean, uh, the, the scope of this, it's actually been quite inspiring, just the range of what's been going on and, and the response we've gotten in such a short amount of time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, we, but we have to make sure it all works. That's the thing. I don't want to put anything up that's going to make people feel like they've been ripped off. Now, you guys doing anything with... Um... Like when it comes to the crowdfunding and, and businesses actually, you know, starting startups or gun well, stores and, and helping gun stores with like uh, the credit card processing or you know anything like that? We've had calls about that and we are sharing the people that, uh, you know, are credit card sources with, with people who have been having issues in the past. Okay. Yes, or currently. So we, we'd like to be vertically integrated. So we have, you know, gun-friendly CNC shops legal firms that can do intellectual property, uh, website development, uh, design, marketing, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, It's been fun. It's been busy and fun. Yeah, because we, we need to talk about crowdfunding cryptocurrency. We'll talk about that offline. 
Well, we do. Yeah, we do. We do have someone offering to do that for us. But, you know, we can only we can only do so much at once. All right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that would be very popular also. That's... Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be fun if, uh, you know, we're actually looking for someone. If anyone out there in Austin is interested in starting a gun-specific bank, we'd love to talk to them. Yeah, because uh, we definitely need that because the gun stores are having a lot of hard, you know, hard, a lot of problems. I've, you know, even I've had, you know, problems like every five years I'll have some type of issue uh, with a credit card process or something like that, you know, where they all of a sudden lose heart, change their mind. They don't want to do business with a gun store or anything, you know, to deal with firearms or, you know, or the bank or something like that. So we actually have those issues. So we can, you know, we need to have our own. Yeah, we need to circle the wagons. That's, that, that's as we evolve with gun dynamics, we really realize that, you know, we're 100 million strong and we need to just kind of create our own community within a community because they're out to get us. Yes. You know, I'm up, I'm up in Connecticut, so I'm a little red dot in a very blue sea. Oh, yeah. We, and, we need to get all those all those manufacturers out of Connecticut, out of Massachusetts and bring them down to Texas. Well, they're they're, they're Well, they're a lot of it. South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, it's happening. Yeah, come on down to the South. We love you down here. <laughs> I'd love to, but I have to tell you, I love going and trying to convert people on 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 just the, their perspective on firearms. Yeah, when they because lose most it, of the people they lose on. it, they lose they lose it, they'll love it. Well, they don't know about it. They're all living in a bubble. They're all <laughs> living in these bubbles. They think the world's just all hunky dory and it's what they see when they go to the, you know, their country clubs and their spas. It's like, no, it's a, we live in a dangerous place. We're very fortunate to live the way we live. All right, we're talking gun dynamics, talking about gundynamics.com, talking about crowdfunding. Next, we're going to talk about Texas. Should Texas leave the United States? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. But it wouldn't be nothing. That's right. We're talking with Larry. He's talking about gun dynamics. We're talking crowdfunding. And a little later, we're going to talk about Texas. Texas, kind of like Brexit. Should Texas leave the United States? Before we get to that, so Larry, we got an AR. We got AR parts. We have a nice grip. Uh, we, we're talking about, you know, maybe cryptocurrency. We're talking about, you know... We need to help the little guy out. You know, are there any platforms out there that GunDynamics.com is working on to help the little small gun stores? Yes, we're getting requests all the time, Michael, on how we can help and can a gun store do a campaign on Gun Dynamics. And we're actually working out what the terms and how that would be right now in real time. I mean, we're in ongoing negotiations with not only gun stores, but people who want to set up ranges mm, that's as right. well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, 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 you, you don't really know the scope until you're, you know, until you kind of put your shingle out, Michael. Right? Well, and, that, and that's a hard <laughs> thing because if you want to open up a gun range here in, in Austin, you can't. You know, you, you're going to have to really fight with the city because there's no, it's you just the way the 
the way it's all, it's all outlined, you know, you can't do any firing at all in Austin city limits at all. So you have That's to be, crazy. you can be in the yeah. county, but you can't be in the city. Right. I went to a beautiful range called the range. Yeah. Out there. That's a great range, but yeah, it was nowhere the, near the center of town. Yeah, the the, <laughs> way, the way they make that work is the parking lot is in the city of Austin, but the building is in the county. Uh, <laughs> That's how they made that work. <laughs> uh, oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, and it's in a bad area too because it, it's unfortunately uh, they've even had someone um you know break into some vehicles and take some NFA firearms out outside of someone's vehicle. So yeah, it's not in a great part of town either. So that's the bad side yeah. of you know building stuff on the outskirts like that. But yeah, we 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 assess a, a variety of of people calling up and and asking you know can we raise money for this? Can we raise money for that? Uh, so yeah, uh, we're we're trying to facilitate everyone the best we can. And if if there are people we can't, we do. We try to find them maybe private investors because we're also building that aspect of the business as well. Mm. You know, people are like, hey, is there you know, is there a good idea where maybe someone just needs some capital in, in exchange for some equity? Uh, but, uh, Michael, if, if we weren't doing this, I don't know where these people would be going right now. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what's really great about this is we're meeting a lot of people just like us because, you know, we had the trigger. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all just like, thanks for giving us a place to be able to pursue our American dream. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. But it's pretty pretty awesome yeah because people have all these different ideas and they just don't have the funding for it so what you're saying is your platform your website you know they can actually they're people that will give money so people can actually come up with these new products and and it's it's both for personal enhancement i'd say of the 40 or so six of them are totally focused on helping the military Nice. their small arms technologies you know and so yeah because the military is always they're, they're always behind they always uh, it, it takes the military forever to switch to a new firearm. Um, you know, they've had the AR platform forever. You know, are they ever going to go to anything else? You know, going to go make it better? You know, it, it's you know, it takes a really long time to get them to switch. Yeah, now they're having a real issue because in Afghanistan, a lot of reports are coming back that the M4A1 is becoming more and more ineffective against Chinese and Russian body armor and. We're getting outranged by their the firearms they're bringing to the to, to the uh, to the field. Mm. Oh wow! I didn't hear that. I'm gonna have to read up on that. And find out what's going on. Oh, read read up on it. The military wants to swap out by I think they want to go by like 2022. I mean, this is it's becoming literally a call to arms. Uh, it's getting that bad. What do you think I, they're gonna switch to? I think they're gonna switch. You know what? Your guess is as good as mine because <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. I mean. They can go full circle. I was fortunate enough to be part of the man- modular handgun campaign that swapped out the Beretta M9 right. with the 320 uh, Sig. I was I was actually at the meetings at Picatinny Arsenal. Nice. And uh, it, it was it, it, it was dizzying. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, so Larry, tell us how do we find you online, social media? Go to GunDynamics.com. We're gundynamics.com, and we have a Gun Dynamics LLC as our Instagram. Okay. And we're out there, you know, uh, doing live fire events and learning new technologies pretty much seven days a week. Nice. Okay. So please help us out. If you have an idea or a thought, you know, please join our mailing list. Uh, it, it, it's just uh, it's it's a great revolution within a revolution, and we we just need to push back. Yeah. We got- I had enough. I, I 
I wasn't thinking I'd be doing this even six months ago. But once I see how they're going against this industry and, you know, our constitutional rights, I said, we got to do something, boys, because it's not getting better. It's not going to fix itself. Yeah, we're talking crowdfunding, talking about, you know, supporting the little guy, the little guy helping out the little guy. Pretty much. That's you, 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 I couldn't have said it better myself, Michael. But, man, you know, you get enough little guys together, we'll, be, we'll become a swarm. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's how you do it. All right. So gundynamics.com. Man, thank you, Larry. Really appreciate you coming on today and, and educating us on crowdfunding for firearms and telling us about gun dynamics because I had no idea. And now I know. And you know, I'm actually excited. I'm looking forward to uh, some cryptocurrency software or something coming out out there me too thanks for having me (laughs) all right sir thank you you have a wonderful rest of your weekend you too take care gentlemen all right so uh what's what's in the news today what's out there what's happening in the world anybody Uh, they rescued the uh swim team in thailand oh they're still it's still ongoing though but they rescued four i think four of the boys yeah yeah, what about the guy in uh, in San Antonio that uh, snatched the uh, Make America Great Again hat off the uh, oh, the one guy sitting in the restaurant? He was arrested, I think, today or yesterday. Yeah, this weekend, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. also fired him from his job. I guess he was a bar, like, like, like a part-time bartender in the area or something. And he canceled but, his uh, – he had a GoFundMe yeah. page, and he shut that down too, right? I actually assumed there would be protests like in favor of him in the streets. But right, I San guess Antonio. that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. San Antonio. <laughs> Absolutely. And that guy in Connecticut who got attacked by three juveniles – um, a police officer. Was it a police officer? Is it the old guy in his backyard? So, no. Um, there's a guy in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. He got attacked by these three juveniles, mm. and he stabbed one of them in self-defense. But, oh, yeah, okay, he got okay. 18 that's a different months. One. Oh. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's a different one. That's the one where he was working at the restaurant or whatever it was, yes. fast food joint, mm-hmm. and then they attacked him. And then he went out. He ended up stabbing them. And they said, "Hey, you should have uh, should have run away. You should have <laughs> run away. You know, mm-hmm. you, once you have an out, take that out. Yeah, just turn your back and run away. That's well, what un- you unfortunately, do. you you got to know the different state laws that you're in when it comes to the use of force and daily force, the rules of engagement. So if you're in a different state, you're not in Texas. You know, you're in Connecticut somewhere. That's what was that? Connecticut, Massachusetts. Yeah. So forget everything you learned about Texas. When right you're there. So you know, if there's a way out in some states, you have to take that way out. They don't have the stand your ground law like we do in the state of Texas. Yep. So you can't stand your ground. You know, if someone's you know trying to kill you, they're you know doing other things. You you have a right to be there. Uh, they don't have a stand your ground law like we do in here in Texas. So definitely learn those laws when you're traveling in other states when it comes to use of force and deadly force. So this guy got a year and a half sentence. What, what, for he had a, well, like, and well, a like, terrible attorney. Hmm. What was his? his, his a public a, defender. There you go. What specifically? I mean, I, I'm kind of out of the loop on that one. Like, what specifically happened? Like, he was just attacked at night, like mugged by some guys. He, he was at a re- he was at his workplace, restaurant or something like that. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, and okay. so they came in and did something. I'm sure they started beating him up while he was working inside so, the Dunkin'. So Donuts. they attacked him. Yeah, and he ended up stabbing one of them. He yeah, with like followed a them outside. He ran outside, stabbed one of them in the leg, and so he got convicted of a felony. Yeah. What did they get convicted of? They say anything about them? What were their charges? It says nothing about them. Yeah, they probably got a parade and an award. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on out there? All right, so next we're going to have uh, Daniel Miller. Uh, Daniel is the president of Texas Nationalist Movement. He's also the author of Texit. Texit, that's it. How and why Texas should leave the union. 
So let's bring to the mic Daniel Miller. Daniel, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Outstanding, Daniel. All right, so what is all this about, Daniel? You know, should Texas leave the United States? We're going to take our toys and go home. Uh, you know, are we going to divide and conquer? What are we talking about here? No, it's it really, I wrote the, the book so I could see, uh, watch a Brexit voter uh, run out of the room on Facebook Live after hitting him <laughs> with the facts about how much we overpay into the union. Oh, he already left us. He ran. He's, he's jumping in his car. He's riding north right now. <laughs> Speed north right now, 935. Well, here's what it boils down to. And and when I, and I, honestly, I've been advocating for this for, it'll be 22 years in August. And over the years, as I've talked to thousands of Texans, uh, what I have found is that Texans are just absolutely sick and tired of living under 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules, and regulations administered by two and a half million unelected bureaucrats. Mm. Uh, Texans believe that the best people to govern Texas are Texans. And the only way that we're going to be able to accomplish that is outside the context of the federal political and economic union. All right. So, so you're saying we should just leave. Is it, is it that easy? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, you know, people talk about it in these terms, almost like it's a divorce and, and oh, it I is. Guess it's in, a big in deal. Instances, it is, but I mean, there's a, I think there is this, this sort of misunderstanding. Okay. Uh, where there are a lot of people out there that feel that Texas and, and all the other states are just some amalgamated bunch uh, that is centrally planned and governed out of Washington, D.C. Uh, but yet a lot of those same people also believe in the words of the founders and the framers of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And and that was not their vision for what the union is. Because the majority fact, of your, your, your members of the pro-second, you know, the pro-gun community quote the Constitution and the Second Amendment. A absolutely. You know, the right to keep and bear arms is a is a fundamental right. And uh, and if you were to go out and poll Texas supporters on some of the issues that drive their support for Texas becoming an independent nation, one of the things you're going to find is the, the constant and incessant federal encroachment on the right to keep and bear arms uh, among a whole uh, whole host of other issues. All right. So we're talking with Daniel Miller. He's the president of Texas Nationalist Movement. He's also the author of Texit, How and Why Texas Should Leave the Union. So when we come back, we're going to get into this a little more because I need to know what are the irreparable consequences of making such a big decision. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Maj Pure. You're listening to Common Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit talk1370.com slash app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Daniel Miller. He's the president of Texas Nationalist Movement. He's also the author of Texit, How and Why Texas Should Leave the Union. So, you know, Daniel, we got to put you on the hot seat now because, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, I got I play chess. 
I don't play checkers. You know, I don't make one move here and then see what my opponent's going to do. I'm planning 20 moves down the road. I'm planning this game out. So how is this going to play? What are some of the irreparable consequences of us doing this? How is this going to happen? How are we going to leave? Is Governor Abbott, will he be the governor to actually make this happen? Okay, that was a lot of questions all in one. Yeah, I'm bringing uh, it to you. Uh, so, yeah, so, let, uh, you know, in chess, it's one move at a time. <laughs> we're going to let you play. We're going to let you play host rules. Okay. So it, it works out. Look, here, here's here's the bottom line. Uh, you know, where this ends up is, is pretty much what everyone saw uh, with Scotland and with the U.K. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be a re- – there's got to be a referendum on this. And this and, is the United States the of America. We not, we're not the wimpy U.K., but come on. Right. But what, what we're talking about here is a referendum of the people of Texas. Look, th- this is not a mother may I uh, situation where we have to go ask for permission. Absolutely. Uh, I the agree. Constitu- the co- Constitution is, is abundantly clear in the 10th Amendment that any powers not given to the federal government reside with the state. And here in Texas, in our state constitution, we have Article 1, Section 2 that just flat out says that the people have at all times the inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their form of government in such manner as they may think expedient. So I agree. It's up to Texas and, and how Texans handle this. So, But we're going to wind up in a referendum because of Article 1, Section 2. So how is it going to uh, happen? At that point, what are we going to do? Are we going to lock the borders down? We're going to have our own, you know, own passports, whatever? How is this going to happen? Well, it, it's easy enough. Look around at what every other self-respecting, self-governing, independent nation-state does. Mm-hmm. They govern themselves without the external influence or the veto of someone else. Okay. So if you look around the world and you see what independent, self-governing nation-states do, that's what Texas will do because we will have the ability to do it. Okay. If we want to have our own currency, we do that. If we want to trade, we trade on our rules and with our agreements. If we want to secure our border... In a manner that works for us, we do that. If we want to establish our immigration policy in the way that we want to, we have the power to do it. That's what the beauty of self-government is. Now, we also have some people that are still political prisoners here from the Republic of Texas standoff. We haven't solved that yet. Look, there are, there are a lot of issues, and, and I, I'm very clear about this when I talk to people uh, about this issue, and, and it's this, is that Texas – Texas becoming an independent nation is not a solution for every single problem. But what it does is it provides us an opportunity to solve those problems that we cannot solve in the context of the union. And I'll give you a good example, and we'll go back to the conversation that you guys had a moment ago, which is this. On average, Texas overpays anywhere from $100 to $160 billion a year into the union. Mm. Right now, you can... You can, go, you can go look at some of those other studies over there where they love to lump in federal pension benefit payments uh, and, and you know things of that nature that skew those numbers. But the fact of the matter is, is that across every measure where Texas would be on the hook post-Texas, we overpay a significant amount. Now, imagine for a moment if all the money that's paid into the federal government and, and all of the money that's paid into the state government actually stayed here, including the money that we overpay. What kind of tax relief could we give our citizens? You know, how, what 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 challenges do we face here in Texas that we could address according to our priorities? 
Mm-hmm. That's just the the opportunity that we're talking about here. Okay, and it's then not what, a utopia. So let's talk about this. What what is it, what will that do to our neighbors? You know, what would happen? Let's just say for an example, because I'm playing devil's advocate here. What would happen if California decided that they were going to do the exact same thing and Texas stayed, we stayed where we were, where we are with the United States, and California left? What would happen to the United States if California left the union? Well, look, I, you know, not to get into California specific issues because I don't pretend to know all the issues specific to oh, California. Oh, yeah, trust me. Fact, probably a lot of people would cheer if they left. Yeah, I don't even like um, the but, state. But, you know, they could fall off and, you know, for all I care. But but, but here's the point. I've long been an advocate, uh, and it's one of the reasons that I wrote Texas in the way that I did. I've been an advocate that all states, mm-hmm. regardless of, of where they reside on the political spectrum, should reexamine their relationship within the context of the union. Uh, you know, you've got, in, in addition to Texas, you've got anywhere from about 12 to 15 other states that overpay on an annual basis into the federal union. But beyond that, you've got a lot of grievances that Texans have that are shared among the states, regardless of their political flavor. Okay, I, uh, and, and, and one, I hear you, one, and, and I get that. But let's, for example, what, let's, how's that going to look on the political spectrum if California left the United States? We're talking, how's that going to affect the president, the the How's it going to affect the House and the Senate? Yeah, let's just say California has an earthquake and falls into the ocean, and all their 56 electoral votes Mm. sink with it. So now that means the entire country will will guarantee to have a Republican in office. Yay! Every election. (laughs) So it's a great thing if California falls off. That's where I'm going with that. But now let's, let's turn the tables a little bit. Okay, let's say Texas does that. Texas leaves the United States. You know, yeah, great for Texas, but how's that going to affect our brothers and sisters that live in another state? How's it going to affect the United States? How's well, it going to affect the United States? I, hold on, hold on. Well, how's it going to affect it? Oh, how's it going to affect it? Look, well, right, right. We have 36 electoral votes. So 36. Those will be gone. Gone. So then we're talking the United States will guarantee, we, Texas will guarantee that the United States will have a Democrat in, in the White House forever. And then now they can do whatever they want and decide, you know what? We're going to grab Texas right back. Yeah, fast forward, what, maybe 20 years, and then it's a socialist utopia. I'm just, hey, and I'm the, just, I'm just the playing The remaining devil's, United States. Don't there. shoot the messenger. I'm playing devil's advocate. We're playing chess here. Is there, is, I don't think a socialist utopia is a possible thing that can realistically happen. That's where the government kills everyone. Oh, well, yeah. And then they're, they're eating <laughs> rabbits like they are in Venezuela. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so, so all those people that don't like President Obama, you're guaranteed to have. Obama in office for the United States. Michelle Obama next. For, Michelle forever. I mean, I think, good? I think that the point of the conversation of Texas is not what it does to the United States, but what it does for Texas and I, what it does for our You got to think beyond. But think I mean, bigger. if we're... If, Irreparable if, consequences. If, you do that, it's going to come back and bite us in the butt. How? It's going to come... What's going to oh, happen in this is, blue country, the United States, that's always just... That will turn into some progressive... Unstable uh, college party nightmare. What will happen if the Democrats were to control everything forever? Just think about it. Well, we wouldn't be a part of it anymore. Yeah, would we not? We'd be but right will, here still. We're not going. We're anywhere. still on the same continent. Yeah, but it's the affect Democrats us. would be in power. They're not going to have firearms. Let we're them on, come and try and take Texas. We're on that same continent. Yeah, it will affect us. I mean, we're on the same ca- continent as Canada too, and we get along just fine. <laughs> what do you think, Max? 
about Texas in general. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's a cool idea, but I just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm guessing that maybe it's just a way to kind of communicate. Like, am I wrong? Am I off point here? Off. You know, am I going the wrong direction well, with this? I, I, if Texas leaves or California leaves, it'd be great if California left because right. that would mean that then all of a sudden, I mean, well, either way, it would our probably just are, balance the political system. Our problems are solved. Yeah, but but if Texas goes, our whole country is going to become like a, a a slut walk, you know, progressive nightmare in just a couple of years because you're going to travel in other you're going to have to leave texas eventually and go you know visit your loved ones in other in in the united states yeah you're gonna you know and then that's right because because no one ever travels between countries right right. apparently traveling between countries and trading between countries apparently never happens look it happens every day but 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 once texas leaves though out there one, one of the when Texas leaves, it doesn't matter. Look, there are one million legal border crossings between the United States and Mexico every single solitary day utilizing only a border transit card, right? Mm-hmm. People fly in and out of this place every single day. You know, it, it's it, some, there's this mistaken idea that somehow if Texas leaves the union that it'll be a special case, that it'll be treated like North Korea. You know, but let's be honest, even China trades with North Korea, right? So. No, no country, independent, self-governing country, is is isolated in in the sense that people want to think about it. I mean, you have to begin to think about it, much like was just said a moment ago. Look, if if the United States want, if if the remaining states don't want to re-examine their relationship post-Texas with the federal government, and they're perfectly fine with being governed by two and a half million unelected bureaucrats, then then whatever happens happens. Texas will be available for those people that want to not live there anymore and experience what a, a free market and a society that believes in the constitutional republic can be. But at, at the end of the day, what is the most likely scenario is, as Texas, as Texas goes to a vote on this issue and we begin to publicly and openly debate the issues that are at the heart of this matter that have led to 54% of Republicans, about half of independents, and 35% of Democrats here in Texas saying that they support Texas leaving the union. When those issues become publicly debated, you're going to see people in other states, much as like much like what happened with the Euroskeptic movement during the Brexit debate, you're going to see people begin to ask those questions about reevaluating their state's relationship. With you're the forgetting union and about the some you're, hard choices. You're forgetting about the liberal utopia that we just created. And so now, you know what? We have a liberal president because Texas left, and they're controlling everything. And they're saying, you know what? We're not going to play with you, Texas. We're going to make <laughs> well, you pay. Well, you understand, we we don't. You understand? That, that's the beautiful part. Texas becomes its own independent, self-governing nation state. Mm-hmm. The president of the United States is no longer our president. The, the Congress is no longer our Congress. We have our own thing. Okay. And we would be one of— if I understand this correctly, we would be one of the largest nation states with one of the best economies in the world still, even yeah. though we're not part of the United States. So if you're and we uh, have uh, oil, we have ports, we have such a diverse landscape, we could grow anything that we needed. You know, it's already in the Republican Party platform that we want to start using industrialized hemp, which is cheaper and more efficient than cotton. You're telling me that China and all of those uh, countries overseas aren't going to trade with Texas? No, I'm not buying that at all. Mm, okay. Well, all right. Texas is already a, a net exporter. I mean, we do right. business around the world. The problem that we have is is that we are overregulated by the federal government. 100%. There's a, there was a study that I talk about in the book that was done at the, the Mercatus Center at George Mason University, and they studied the, the, uh, the economic effects of federal overregulation on the states. First and foremost, Texas 
was uh, was at the receiving end. We we bore the brunt in a disproportionate way to those federal regulations. But right, beyond so hold, that, what they showed was— So hold that thought, Daniel Miller. We're talking with Daniel Miller. He's the president of Texas Nationalist Movement. He's also the author of Texit, How and Why Texas Should Leave the Union. Union, our call-in number is 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. Texans, call in and talk to me. This is Come and Talk It. This is Chloe on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Carter. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Got Michael Cargill. That's right. Yeah, man, you hear about the the Willie concert? That they evacuate that concert, didn't they? I had free tickets and it got rained. You didn't? Out. It got rained out. I stayed on my couch all of Fourth of July. It was oh, fantastic. Oh. It was wonderful. Yeah, well, you got to stand in the backyard and do it there. I should have come over. All right, so we're talking with Daniel Miller. He's the president of Texas Nationalist Movement. He's also the author of Texit: How and Why Texas Should Leave the Union. Now, Daniel got a question for you. All right, so Felicia. Go ahead and ask that question because you're talking about military bases. Yeah. So, Daniel, I bought your book at the Republican Party of Texas convention. I just started it, so I'm really excited to have you on the air today. But I had two logistical questions for you. The first one is I was always under the assumption that at the end of the Civil War, Texas made an agreement with the United States saying that they couldn't or wouldn't secede. So I don't know the details on that. And I also read somewhere that if Texas ever did secede because of the number of military bases that we have here in Texas, um, that are United States military, obviously, we would essentially be the most occupied foreign entity um, in the world. And how how does that work out logistically if we do step away from the U.S.? Okay, uh, on uh, let's let's take the first one uh, because the I think the first one is is always pretty doggone interesting. Uh, and as a matter of fact, you'll actually get to these answers in the book. Nice. But but here's here's what here's what it boils down to uh, when, when we're talking about issues related to first and foremost, you know, what happened in in the 19th century related to the Civil War. Uh, there, there's one principle that's in play, and that is. Whatever agreements Texas had to make for readmission, that right there ought to be your red flag about the problem, is that if states never actually left, according to the federal government's case, uh, then there would have to be no guarantees of of readmission. So there's that. Uh, But beyond that, one of the principles that's in play here is future legislatures are not bound by acts of previous legislatures. In other words, that can be changed at any time. So the very act of, of the legislature authorizing a referendum on this issue would negate any previous legislative acts in that regard. Okay, that being said, talking about military bases, uh, I, I talked pretty extensively about that in the book, about how potentially that could be handled and what the most likely scenario is. Um, you know, the, the one thing that we have to remember is that even though Texas would not be a part of the federal in and uh, the federal political and economic union, we're still going to share mutual defense concerns. I mean, there are there's going to continue to be overlap like we have with other regional players. 
but the, the thing is, is that we don't have to be in a political and economic union to share those concerns and to deal on those particular issues. NATO is a good example. France and Germany and the UK are members of NATO, but no one suggests that they have to be a state of the United States so you know for them to be able to defend one another and, and engage in these mutual defense pacts. I think we so should we really, probably should look at it more in the sense of you know North Korea, South Korea, uh, Cuba, the Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know when you get down to, to the real practical aspects of it, uh, the, the best uh, the best thing for us to do is look at say what's happened over the last seventy years. I mean, a lot of people act like this is something new and fresh, but you know there have been much more intricately woven bodies that have left other intricately woven bodies or larger uh, larger unions over the last 70 years. I mean, at the end of World War II, there were 54 recognized countries around the world, and at the end of the 20th century, there were 192. Uh, those people have been able to figure out how to, how to untangle these things and, and live with one another and, and be friends with one another, defend one another, trade with one another uh, without, uh, without a whole lot of difficulty. Not to say that there won't be some issues that are going to have to be negotiated out. I mean, let, let's face it, if any state, uh, Texas especially, votes to leave the union, there's going to have to be some serious discussions on the other end of that vote about how to handle those issues. Uh, but, you know, w when it comes to the defense issues, the, I think the, the best part that, that people fail to overlook is the opportunity that we're going to have to set our national security priorities. Because l let's face it, the, the national security priorities of an independent, self-governing nation state of Texas are not always going to completely overlap with the national defense and national security policies of the United States. And definitely there will be differences in methodology. Okay, so let's look at this. You know what, I'm, I'm gonna jump on your side here for a second because I'm confused as to why you're so anti-Texas. I'm not. You're like I'm not anti-Texas. I'm, right I'm pro the United States. You know, I, I love my country, and I, I this I oh. love the United States. I served 12 years in the United States Army, and I love the national anthem. I love everything about this country, and and I know the history of this country and where we've come from. And so I'm all about putting it together and keeping it together because I know that I have family members that are in other states, and I'm going to have to visit those family members in those other states. And I know what happens if we do do this, what are going to be the, some of the irreparable consequences of us doing that, how that's going to affect them and who's going to take charge and be in control once we pull our electoral votes from the United States. They can just move in with you. <laughs> so, you know, but I'm going to jump on your side here, here, here. I'm on your side now. And that is the majority of the people that are in the military, majority of them are Texans. And so that's going to take away from the U.S. military because they're going to have, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to come home. Yeah, the, well, the, the stat, uh, well, the stat is, uh, you know, te Texas is about uh, in active duty service. Texans comprise about one out of every six military personnel. Uh, however, uh, you've got a, a large number of, of uh, reserve and, and uh, veterans that live here in Texas. So. That has a tendency to, to sort of skew the numbers a little bit, and, and people, folks believe that there is a majority of Texans, and, and it's not necessarily the case. But, uh, again, uh, you know, there is, and I cite in the book the examples uh, where there are actually some places where their citizens 
are allowed to to join the United States military without being United States citizens. Uh, you know, there's a I, I go through and I in the book I, I quote chapter and verse from current federal law about non-citizens joining the United States military, uh, but there's nothing saying again that Texas, as a self-governing independent nation state, doesn't agree to a mutual defense pact that would allow the United States military to comprise to be comprised of, of Texas citizens from a, again an independent self-governing Texas, uh, and then engaging in mutual defense. You know, Texas already has somewhat of a backbone of a military. It has the, the skeletal structure of one. So I, I believe in the long term, an independent Texas will want to flesh out its own military, but we can't ignore the fact that we do share common defense concerns with what would be the rest of the United States. All right. And so uh, Daphne says, what about Texans? All right, Daphne, I, I, I hear you. Uh, and then Susan says the 13 colonies only signed on because they would remain sovereign. That's true. Uh, you know, one of the one of the things I talk about in the book is what's called the equal footing doctrine. Uh, and I, I use that in sort of the smackdown of this this myth that states are forbidden from leaving the union. And in the equal footing doctrine, it, it says that that any state that comes into the union comes in on equal footing as the rest of the states just like the original 13th. So one of the things that, that you realize is when you look in the Constitution, there is no prohibition against a state uh, leaving the Union. Uh, there's, it just doesn't exist. As a matter of fact, there's an entire list of things that states are prevented from doing. Leaving is not one of them. So, uh, you, But what you find is, is that some of the uh, original states, New York being the chief example, in their ratification convention for the Constitution, in their ratification, explicitly reserved the right to withdraw from the Union. They were troubled that it was not mentioned, and therefore they expressly reserved that right in their ratification of the Constitution. So because there, that, that provision was accepted from New York and, and two other states, it became essentially a, an unspoken part of, of the contract in addition to the fact that it, it really is just absent from the Constitution, which means it's extended to all states. This is not a right that's exclusive to Texas. Any state could exercise it. All right. And what do you guys think? Give me some input here. Well, I uh, I always like the idea of localization of uh, government and of government power. So uh, an idea like this is enticing. There's actually a plank in the uh, Libertarian Party of Texas's uh, platform that states we would support an independent Texas uh, for the for that exact reason of localizing everything. Um, you know, it would, uh, I think, be a, an incredibly beneficial and uh, brave thing to do. And uh, I would be in support of it uh, if it came to it. I would stay here in Texas. Uh, you know, I put down my roots here. I, I love it here and love it here in Austin especially. And, uh, you know, I wasn't born here but consider myself a Texan. So I would definitely, you know, stay here if, uh, if that happened. What do you think? I think it's good for Texas but bad for the U.S., you're basically handing the United States to the left, to socialism, to whatever they, whatever their whim is at the moment. And and that's going to come back and bite Texas a little bit. But what do you think? Well, I kind of agree with what you said earlier. Where I guess I'm, I'm kind of patriotic for the United States, and then I wasn't born and raised in Texas, but I've lived here for the last three years. So 
I kind of want to see a solution that sort of involves Everyone the entire country versus... <laughs> They're like, we hate you, go back. I mean, whether or not how things have been and things have kind of changed overall, California and Texas have been the two most populous states in the U.S., and they both... Overall, they're, they're fairly different systems, but they've both done pretty well economically, both existing kind of in the same California infrastructure. California's dying. Well, that's, yeah, it's dying. But I mean, just just point is Texas has been able to survive. And I, I just know what's going to happen if this happens. Like there'll be votes every two years then to have us join the U.S. again. Every single Texas like Supreme Court justice and person that works in D.C., I guess, would have to leave because they're now part of a different country. Just all the complications that would happen, I just can't foresee it happening the way things are right now mm. without it being a total disaster. Felicia? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always, again, like I said off air, I've always romanticized the idea, you know, of Texas secession. God bless Texas. You know, born and raised, moved around a little bit with my dad in the military, lived in Germany, lived in Arizona, all right. All right. So we're talking with Daniel Miller, president of the Texas Nationals Movement. Also, we're talking about his book, Texas, how and why Texas should leave the union. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Oh, no. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News. You're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Daniel Miller. We're talking about Texas. Should Texas succeed? Should we just leave? You know, and, and honestly... My honest opinion about it, I think Texas will be great. Texas would do fine on our own. But, you know, just like just like you said, I, it would be bad for the rest of the country. But we're going to do fine. This is Texas. Texas, will, yeah, exactly. We're going to be awesome. But my question to Daniel is, as goes Texas, you know, will someone else leave? Could it start a chain reaction? Yeah, I mean, I believe that I believe it's inev- inevitable. Uh, that states will leave the union. But look, I, I want to address something that, that we were talking about prior to the break, because I, I don't I don't want this to go without some further examination and, and especially to communicate my point of view on this. Um, Michael, I have six children. OK, mm-hmm. we're, we're the Brady Bunch. And and when I look at Texas, not just as a, a golden opportunity where where our children can can experience freedom and, and have, you know, economic opportunities. Uh, I, I look at it from the standpoint of what the federal government is doing right now, you know, and, and where, where that is eventually going to lead. Because let's be honest, the federal system has not been lurching toward constitutionalism and li- liberty-mindedness, so to speak, right? That's not where it's been. It's been going the opposite direction incrementally, but it's been happening. So as I look down the road at the future for my six children, and I have to weigh their future of $21 trillion of fiscal child abuse called the national debt, or this, this crushing weight of federal overregulation that, that relegates household income to one-sixth of what it should be, or I look at how the federal government, as a tool of the left, has been systematically stripping the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the right to keep and bear arms. 
and, and so many other of those rights. If I have to choose between providing an opportunity for my children to live free or making sure that someone else in the other states doesn't get their feelings hurt because we left, my children are going to win 100% of the time. And, and that's how I feel about Texas, right? You know, if, if the United States of America wants to be the Titanic and take up residence at the bottom of the North Atlantic, so be it. But it's my responsibility and the responsibility of every Texan who, who reveres liberty, who, who believes in, in a constitutional republic and who cares about our future generation. It's incumbent upon us to make a safe place to eject a lifeboat from that Titanic before it hits the bottom of the North Atlantic. So that's where I'm coming from. That's where my passion is in this, because at some point in the future, I'm going to have to look at my six children. And I'm going to have to explain to them either how we made Texas an independent nation and why we did it, or how we failed to protect their future from a uncaring bureaucracy of two and a half million unelecteds in Washington, D.C. that only want to use them as human cattle. Mm. Mm. I agree with you 100%. You're, you're spot on. Spot on. Right there. What do you think? Man, we should just shut the show down right there. because you, yeah. you should run for office. No. Nah. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're no, spot, you. spot on. Spot on. You know, because we're... Texas is going to be great. This is Texas, a Lone Star state. Texas will be great, but Always. the rest of the U.S. is going to have a lot more than their feelings hurt when we leave. They're going to get their rights well, stripped look, away. I like let's that you go, just said when we leave. Let's, go to, let's go to what Michael said. Let's go to what Michael asked right after the break, and it is what, what will happen with other states. As I've said before, when we begin to have this debate in, in a very public fashion over Texas leaving the union, other states are going to start asking these exact same questions about their relationship with the federal government. You know, the, the stat that I was quoting before the hard break at the hour was that, uh, the, you know, that study from the Mercatus Center that showed that in the absence, right, when the study was released, average median household income was $52,000 a year. And their study said in the absence of this federal overregulation, median household income would have been $330,000 a year. Well, that's not a stat that's exclusive to Texas. That applies to every state. We're watching the federal government rob other states blind. So if Texas is the first or the second, it won't matter. What matters is, is that other states are going to begin to ask this, this question and going to reexamine their relationship within the federal union. And who's to say that we don't have something better on the other side of this, but instead of acting as, as provinces subservient to a federal bureaucracy, Who's to say that on the other side of this, we don't wind up with better situations in, in virtually every state by negotiating with one another on an equal playing field as self-governing, independent nation states? Oh, yeah. Don't get Much me like wrong. I think it would intended, be great. By the way. It would be great for Texas. There's no doubt about that. All right. What you got, Felicia? <clears throat> I'm about to sound like the most unpatriotic person ever. Um, you better not, because I'm about to, I'm, after <laughs> the speech that he just gave, I'm getting ready to play the national No, anthem. I mean, I, I love my country. I mean, I've been involved in politics for years. You know, I, I fight to get great people elected. Um, 
But the work that we're putting into it, because we're all here involved in politics in one form or another, but the work that we're putting into it, we're we're still being crushed by the federal bureaucracy, and I'm not okay with it. And so if Texas leaving is how we preserve our rights and our liberties and our freedoms, then personally, and please don't take this the wrong way, it's not my problem what happens to the rest of the United States because we're not a part of it. All right, well, We're going to pr- protect our state. And if they're intelligent, which is questionable, I suppose, and they see what happens when you stop living under the shadow of big government, then maybe they will take the initiative to change it around. Because obviously watching that Texas has one of the strong, strongest economies in the country right now, they're, they're not learning. They're still pushing towards the socialist big government agenda. And maybe it's going to take a bitter pill of Texas leaving and then getting, actually getting what they're asking for to learn, okay, maybe I was wrong about this. So I'm not unpatriotic. I love America. But if our rights are being infringed on and it's our liberties and our freedoms versus theirs, I'm out. All right, so let me ask you this. So let's let's think about Texas and how that's going to affect Texas. You know, so can we divide Texas up into five different states? And how do we divide that up? How is that going to affect, you know, how are we going to split up, you know, Houston, Austin, Dallas, El Paso? And how's that well, going to affect I mean, can, I don't, and can they I don't actually, know why. Go ahead. Well, I don't know why anyone, I mean, I, I know that people suggest it because they see it in the joint resolution of annexation about Texas dividing into five states. But, you know, let, let's let's not pretend that's something that's unique to Texas. I mean, California's got an, uh, they've got a ballot initiative coming up where they're going to talk about dividing into three. Uh, you've had multiple states engage in what I, I call the 51st state movement, Colorado, New York State. I mean, there have been plenty of others that have, have looked at doing this, essentially separating the conservatives and the liberals in, the, in their in their states, um, but there's there's no stomach for it. I mean, the the last time a politician suggested that Texas should divide itself up, because I mean, we're, remember we're not federal. Texas is a state, um, which has a different meaning than I think a, a lot of people understand. But but the bottom line is is that the last politician to to actually suggest that Texas invoke that clause of the joint resolution of annexation was pretty much laughed out of politics. So, uh, you know, there's there's no stomach here for Texas to divide into five separate states within the United States, uh, although Texas may decide post-Texas to shift up how it how it handles representation in its Senate. Uh, you know, that that would probably be an interesting discussion to have. But there really is no taste for it among the populace of Texas. All right. I'm going to take one quick call. Let's go to line one. Jay, you're on with come and talk it real quick. Jay, what you got for me? Well, this talk about secession, we don't need to do that. Um, we're going to have someone in town named Chris Ann Hall in October to speak to us, but she's the forefront in educating people on the Constitution and nullification. All we have to do is, is exercise our rights that are in the Constitution to no, use nullification and keep the feds out of our state, educate our sheriffs, and educate our state politicians to what the Constitution really has in store for us. All right, Jay, thank you very much. We're almost out of time. I appreciate that call there, Jay. Uh, Daniel, what's your response to that? Well, I think if, if you're going to lay out, and I actually did this in my first book, um, the, the most efficient and peaceful means of securing the rights of Texans, and, and you lay Texas reasserting its right of, of self-government uh, up against nullification or interposition, 
uh, I think you're going to find out that that Texas stacks up uh, much better in those regards uh, on the efficiency issue. You know, if you look at nullification, think about every single federal law that uh, that we have seen that's unconstitutional, and, and think about what that nullification process would be. Think about how long it would take for each one, and then begin to understand what kind of battle you're dealing with. So, you know, when, when uh, Obama was president, Greg Abbott sued the federal government 60-plus times. Uh, you know, if, if you want to start going down that road and looking at what nullification and interposition look like, just go examine the AG's tenure during, uh, during the Obama administration. You'll understand, at the end of the day, why it does not work. Uh, at the end of the day, the best thing for us is Article One, Section 1, where it says that Texas is a free and independent state and that the perpetuity of the union depends on the right of local self-government unimpaired to all the states. All right, Daniel, we how can we— free and independent self-governing republic. And how can we find your book? Uh, you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you can check it out at defiancepress.com. All right. Man, thank you, Daniel Miller. He's the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. He's also the author of Texit, How and Why Texas Should Leave the Union. You decide. We've discussed it. We've broken down. Now it's up to you. Should we leave? Do we text it? Or do we stay? As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.